LinkedIn is leaving China. Another ad network got swallowed and TikTok is gunning for YouTube. What's new, right? Well, all that and more in this episode. Welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly no-fluff data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. Ariel from AppFigures here, and I have five highlights for you to summarize this week, and we'll begin with LinkedIn. Yesterday, LinkedIn announced that they'll be leaving China for good. In the beginning, which is 2014 in this case, when LinkedIn started operating in China, they made a whole app just for China because they wanted to adhere to all the different rules that the Chinese government had. And I remember back then, I read the blog post again, the announcement blog post, they said that they will make sure to be as transparent as possible when it comes to censorship and other things that we're kind of used to from, from China at this point. It kind of looks like they had it. They stated that the Chinese government continues to try and censor and they just didn't like it and they didn't want to put up with it anymore. So they decided to just leave as opposed to continue fighting them. And I totally get it. I've seen that and we, we see that with a whole bunch of other companies that are being muffled in China, even Chinese companies that are based in China. Uh, we see that happening in India with Twitter. We saw that happening over the last four months. So I imagine more of this will continue to happen. But what is the LinkedIn leaving on the table by getting out of China? The answer is not much, only their second largest country by downloads. According to our app intelligence in 2021, the top five countries in terms of downloads for LinkedIn's iOS app were the US, China, Brazil, India, and France. The US is way ahead of the rest with around 4 million estimated downloads and China with about a million in number two. Although it's the second largest country in absolute terms though, when we look at the global take, China accounted for just about 6.6% .6 of downloads on the App Store in 2021. And in terms of revenue, that number is even smaller. China accounted for just 1.9% of LinkedIn's in-app revenue on the App Store in 2021, according to our estimates. Now, LinkedIn makes more money outside of the App Store, so that's not to say that they're not making as much money from China, but what we can see from the App Store, they're not making as much, kind of next to nothing. So. It's not just that the Chinese government annoying LinkedIn to leave, it's also that they have no great benefit out of it. It's just not worth it anymore. And so if it's not worth the headache and they're not getting a ton of benefit, they'll leave. Kind of makes sense. I, I expect to see this happening with more companies and as governments become tighter, uh, probably with more apps. Moving on. It's been a little over a month since Twitter released Superfollows, if you remember that. And if you recall, the launch was mostly not really exciting. Sure, the list of creators is limited and it's only available in the US and only for iPhone and iPad users, but still, I expected a few more dollars out of Twitter, right? So I want to check if that trend has changed and let's look at the data. Twitter has earned about $20,000 in net revenue from the US App Store because they're only available on iOS and only in the US since September when they released Superfollows. And that's 20,000, you know, that's it. So the short answer to my question is no, not really much has changed, but there is a little twist. Um, it gets actually a tiny bit worse. The sum, which is roughly double than what happened on launch week, did not come from gradual increase. A gradual healthy increase that we would see with any app as it grows is not the case here, as you can see. The revenue come from a peak and the peak happened on Monday, last Monday. Do you remember what last Monday was? Facebook went down. So Facebook went down and Twitter all of a sudden made 2000 bucks in new net revenue. 
these numbers sound very small, and they really are very small, which is funny, but something is happening. Now, the peak went up and then went down pretty much as quickly as it came back, as it came up. And so now it's back to just a few hundred bucks a day, which is pretty normal. But much like Spaces, Twitter's take on Clubhouse, Super Follows just are a good reminder that the Twitter crowd isn't necessarily looking for anything new from the platform. They're happy with what Twitter is and what Twitter offers. It doesn't mean that Twitter can change the perception and make it possible to generate revenue this way, but it's not gonna be easy. And it's not gonna be easy, especially when TikTok is around and they're doing everything they can to entertain and engage creators, which is the name of the game. So TikTok is the next on my list. They're on fire uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. And the one I see as being most important, revenue is high on the list. In this case, I'm speaking about in-app revenue, meaning the internal currency that TikTok has that users can buy to pay creators, reward creators for the awesome stuff they do. I put awesome in, in air quotes because I'll let you be the judge of that. Um, on the App Store, the app has been creeping up into the top grossing charts really very aggressively over the last few months. And I've been watching it every week and waiting and waiting and waiting to see it just make it into the top 10. Well, it happened. They're now in the top 10 and I don't think they're leaving, but the top 10 grossing apps in the App Store is split into two groups. The apps and games that pop in for a day or two when something interesting happens in their ecosystem and the incumbents. ESPN and a few games that I've talked about before fall into the first category. They pop up when there's a big game or something else like that and then they drop off. And then you have YouTube and Tinder that have been around forever pretty much. Which will TikTok fall into? Looking at revenue growth in the US App Store, the answer is extremely clear. Between January and September of this year, TikTok's in-app revenue in the US grew 232%, and this is across the App Store and Google Play, to an estimated $20 million of net revenue. That's after Apple and Google take their cut, and that's in a single month. We estimate that this month, October, will be TikTok's most massive to date, with a haul of more than 24 million. And that's a forecast, so don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure that's gonna be it. And that's great news for creators that are getting the lion's share of this total, and really bad news for YouTube, which hasn't left the top five in just too long to count. But I think those days might be coming to an end. At TikTok's current month-over-month -month growth, which is about 25%, it'll outpace YouTube in just a short few months. So by 2022, I completely expect TikTok to be the number one top grossing app. And that's across both apps and games in the US. So that's pretty big. As we head into 2022, content is still king, which is why if we look at the number, if we look at the top grossing list, we see that a bunch of apps are actually content. We have HBO Max, we have Disney, um, we have YouTube, we have TikTok now, Twitch is making its way. And so all these are content. I don't think this trend is changing, it's just growing. Switching subjects, another week and another ad network acquisition. The ad network market is slowly shrinking and consolidating around just a few companies. This week it's Iron Source, another ad network that recently went public and it's acquiring Tapjoy, one of the first ad networks that have been around since 2007. Like last week, I took a closer look at our SDK intelligence through Explore to see who's using Iron Source and who's using Tapjoy and what sort of impact is this gonna have on the industry? And what I saw pretty quickly was an interesting pattern. Many of the apps that have the Tapjoy SDK installed also have the Iron Source SDK installed. Let's have a look at the numbers. 
Iron Source is significantly larger than Tapjoy, but about 34% of apps that use Iron Source also use Tapjoy. I wonder if that was a consideration during the acquisition or if it was a pro or con. But while it means Iron Source's footprint won't grow as much as what we saw last week with AppLovin, it does mean that for developers, the transition may be smoother. In more absolute numbers, Iron Source publisher pool will grow to almost 80,000 devices, 80,000 apps and games, mainly on Android and a lot less on iOS, exactly like what we saw last week with AppLovin. This is almost a copy and paste job. Notable shared users of both include big names like Voodoo, Miniclip, and Imanji. And some of all or all of their games are using both right now. I looked through the list of new names that will be coming over from Tapjoy who are not using Iron Source at the moment, uh, but there weren't really too many big names that you would recognize. Some are games that exist and belong to one of those companies that I mentioned before, and the rest are either too small or just obscure enough that I didn't even know them. Like the Mopub acquisition though, the multiple here was also around 5X, which sounds super low to me considering everything that I know about our industry. I have a feeling that if this happened three years ago, the numbers would be completely different and we see a much higher multiple. And this is yet another example of how Apple with app tracking transparency is really wrecking havoc on the entire industry. Between consolidation and just ad networks being unable to continue and fulfill the demands and giving something with a positive ROI, um, this is making it very easy for the bigger companies to eat all the little ones or the ones that haven't gone public yet. And we can see that. I imagine this will have an impact on developers who monetize with ads, especially games, which do that more often. And I don't think there is an easy alternative because for most apps, you can go with some sort of in-app purchase or you can go with a subscription model, which you can't just easily turn on for, for a game. Um, if you are a game developer and you are being hurt by this, I kind of wonder, are you considering any other monetization in our purchases or subscriptions or anything like that? If you do, please leave a comment below. I would love to hear it. I use app downloads as a proxy for retail sales pretty often if you uh, read the newsletter or follow this. And that's because some devices require an app, devices like a Tesla car, but also devices like voice assistants like Siri and Google Home and Alexa. Voice assistance is a market that's kind of dominated by Google and Amazon. And for the most part, even though the, HomePod, the HomePod existed before, it was so expensive that it just didn't make it. But that's changing. The holiday season is the biggest by far for Google and Alexa. And in previous years, there has been consistent year-over-year -year growth. In getting ready to forecast this season, I noticed that the trend stopped in 2020, but it didn't stop across the board. Downloads of both the Google Home app and Alexa app during the month of December have grown consistently since 2017 year over year. The pair together grew 42% in 2018 and 20% in 2019, but it slowed down in 2020 to the point where it actually went down It decreased by 11% in 2020. So are we done telling devices that we want our lights off and to set timers? I don't think so. I think something else is happening. When we look at the data by platform, the App Store versus Google Play, the trend diverges and we can see that Google continued to grow or downloads from Google Play continued to grow, but downloads on the App Store tanked. They went down by almost 50% while they continued to grow on Google Play by about 13%. Guess what happened last year? Apple's HomePod Mini was released in November and at a price point, that's a lot more reasonable. It's a hundred bucks versus 400 or 300. 
than its older sibling, larger sibling, it's not really that difficult to see why that would happen. I mean, the allure of Apple devices, they're sleek, they're nice, and Apple makes a lot of claims about privacy, something that we know Amazon doesn't make and we know Google doesn't make. We've heard so many stories about all that data leaking from Alexa and from Google to places where it shouldn't. And I'm not at all surprised that people would prefer, especially the people who use iPhones and are more in that ecosystem, would prefer to use a device made by Apple for that particular reason. So last year really hurt them. Um, this year, I imagine they would know, realize, and probably discount and discount early and aggressively. So if you're looking for a discount on a Google Home device or an Alexa, one of the many Alexas that exist at this point, I'm sure you'll get one very, very soon. But I'm also kind of surprised that downloads didn't take even more last year. So I expect this year to be a repeat of last year, unless something really drastic happens. Hopefully the insights in this video were useful to you. And if they are, and you wanna continue seeing me do this, please subscribe to the channel. And if you really liked it, give me a like, so I know that you're paying attention. That's it for me, see you next week.